All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning into Oilers Nation after Dark Connor Halley with you here recapping game three as the Oilers fall 3-2 in overtime to the LA Kings. Lots to get to on the show today here. Of course, we'll be joined by Zach Lang of Oilers Nation Daily Faceoff. Cam will join us in a bit here as well of Oilers Nation. We've got Gavin, the producer, on a night where uh, Oilers fans are pissed off and deservedly so and some good news. Gavin, the intern, has become Gavin, the producer. We'll bring him on later on in the show to talk about that. And, of course, the game as well. Uh, first off, just want to you know, praise Victor Arvidsson, the uh, medical miracle. After almost dying on the ice, he was able to return to the lineup and play a role. Victor Arvidsson, you are a god for doing what you did tonight coming back in this one. Uh, shout out to everyone on the chat and on uh, YouTube here on Facebook. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. Rogan, I see you there. Hello. Uh, we've got Aiden Scotty, Terrace, Pats fan, uh, Boo Pats, Brainwash, Justin, Cato, Kimberly. I see you there. I see Patrick, QF Pro, Corey, Matt, Kyle, some of the regulars there. Uh, we've got Justin Trudeau in the house. Interesting. Uh, we need Rusty the Reckless Optimist in here to uh, give us some positive vibes here on Facebook. We've got Willie. We've got Travis, Braden. A lot of people in here, a lot of pissed off fans. And uh, I mean, that's how it should be after that one. Uh, That was a game where the refing was inconsistent. Uh, The Oilers did not do themselves any favor by any means, putting themselves in tough situations. Just a frustrating one for the Oilers. Uh, If you're on the chat right now, vent. 
vent. Let us know how you feel. Let us know how pissed off you are because this is a safe environment until the uh, Kings fans get in here, which they inevitably will. Uh, let's start things off as we typically do here on Oilers Nation After Dark with the good, the bad, the oily brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. You can check out cornerstoneinsurance.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance quote in just a few minutes and use the discount code nation for an exclusive rate. Find out why Cornerstone Insurance Brokers are ranked amongst the best in Alberta for the good, the bad, the oily. We bring in one of our guests tonight. Of course, we'll have Cam on in a minute here, but we bring in Zach Lang of Oilers Nation and Daily Faceoff. Uh, There you go. You're zoomed in there. Zach, uh, be real with me. How are you doing tonight? I'm pretty pissed off, Connor. I'm not going to lie. Um, <clears throat> I said it in the lobby before we kind of jumped onto the show. I, I really hate to be the, um, you know, the, the, the bad ref kind of guy and blaming the refs for, for what happens on the ice. But man, that might be one of the worst officiated games I think I've ever seen in the NHL. Like we're talking about playoff hockey here, Connor, and they're calling ticky tack bullshit on both sides, the DRNA penalty, the Ekholm penalty. Um, just there's so many of them that were called, you know, like like the Cawson penalty. Like if you're going to call that an interference, you got to call Dano holding McDavid on the boards three, four minutes later in the same way. You know, if you're going to not call Philip Dano for a two-handed lumberjack slash on Connor McDavid at the end of the third period, then you're going to call some bullshit on Nugent Hopkins on him slashing a guy in the offensive zone or whatever zone it happened in. Uh, like you got to, you, the, the standard of officiating was just terrible tonight. Uh, there was absolutely no consistency. And I think everybody should be upset about this because we were robbed of a really, really good hockey game tonight. There were 13 infractions called in an NHL playoff game. Um, to me, that's just unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, and, and the chat echoes you. I think there's a lot of Oilers fans who are pretty upset with the way things went. Uh, I guess, though, as the segment is the good, the bad, the oily, we start off with the good here tonight. And, uh, you know, it, it probably feels like nothing right now at this point. But Connor McDavid gets going. He gets a couple goals in the power play uh, showcasing the shot. And, you know, I guess down two games to one, you're going to need your best players to be your best players. Connor McDavid tonight was on his game, uh, still even strength, not really getting it going. But on the power play, uh, the power play goes two for four tonight. Uh, we know that they're 50 percent in this series. They're not going to get too many opportunities, it seems. But uh, Connor McDavid, two goals on the night. That's going to be our good. Yeah, it was great to see. Uh, great to see Connor get involved. Um, you know, you'd like to see him involved maybe a little bit more offensively at five on five. Uh, but you know what? We'll take goals any way we can get them. And they were two really great shots from Connor as well, uh, which was really great to see him kind of break out of his shell a little bit, of, uh, you know, in this postseason. Uh, I'll give the Kings credit. You know, they're doing a good job of locking him down. Uh, Mikey Anderson, Drew Doughty, and Philip Deneau are just absolutely all over him. Um, and, you know, these might be some of the only people in the NHL that can really do what they're doing uh, to Connor McDavid right now. And granted, you know, he's still putting up some points, um, but you know, it's just not quite the, uh, you know, 14 points in seven games that we saw last year against LA. 100%. Uh, we had also Tara saying Connor is good, Skinner and Yamo. Uh, let us know, you know anything else you thought was good in this one. We're happy to take some positives. Uh, Stuart Skinner, 28 saves on 31 shots. It's a 903 save percentage on the flip side. Corpus Allo, uh, 40 shots face, 38 save, a 950 save percentage. Uh, he was very good tonight. And, you know, Kyler Yamamoto, uh, except for burying it, he's been all over the place. With the good comes the bad. 
the bat, there was plenty of options. So we're just going to go with a vague one, uh, reoccurring issues. And this one, Zach, uh, there's one that I'm going to go to, and it was immediately following the Connor McDavid goal. And Leon Drysaddle, in my opinion, takes an absolute boneheaded penalty. It was soft. I will say it was soft, but you don't let the ref make that call. You skate right past Drew Doughty. You could probably could have chirped him and been okay but that little tap on the shin pad it was so little but he just didn't have to do it and i thought like you said the bar was set with the day rna call that was soft i mean that should not be called in a playoff game in the nhl terrible call but at that point i mean you just can't do anything to shoot yourself in the foot leon dry does that and very quickly adrian kempe would make the oilers play looks like they had a set play there his third of the season he's been a killer uh, that was that was one thing for me though. I've, I've talked about it for quite a bit. These dumb penalties that the Oilers have taken, and they're not helping themselves. It's just killing them. Anything for you with reoccurring issues? Yeah, I mean, I I can agree with you on some things there for sure. I mean, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, Elliot Friedman said it really well. I think it was in the heading into the overtime or, or one of the intermissions. I can't exactly remember. Um, you know, like hockey is an emotional sport. Uh, there is a lot of emotion that is going on out there every single moment. And especially right now, we're talking about playoff hockey here, right? This isn't, you know, some game in the middle of January when it's 20 below outside at Edmonton, um, you know, when you've got Arizona or Tampa Bay or something like that, you know, coming to town here, we're talking about highly, highly emotional games and stuff like that is going to happen in games. And, you know, yes, I, I can get behind the fact that, um, you know, it is a boneheaded penalty. You don't need to be smacking another opponent on the legs after you just score a goal to take a 2-1 lead like that. Um, but in the same breath, I mean, I'm sure players have said worse and done mm-hmm. worse after whistles. We saw players on the LA Kings doing shit like that all night long. Um, yes, it's a dumb penalty to take. But again, I just don't feel like it's uh, it's one that they even should be should be calling in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I, I will totally agree with that one. Like the day anyone I, I I mean, I, I wanted to complain about it. I resisted. And then I saw the video you posted. You did great work clipping uh, highlights. And I was just like, ah, he didn't do anything. It was so soft. It's playoff hockey. Like we're used to guys getting punched in the face and the refs let it go. And all of a sudden we're calling uh, elbows to the chest and uh, little taps. Uh, for me, though, it's just like, you don't have to do it. Go celebrate with your team. Should never have happened. But these continual issues of this team hurting themselves with bad penalties continues to go. The oily. The oily tonight, uh, we've got game four equals must win question mark. And we'll throw this one out there to everyone watching. Uh, hey, we've got lots of Kings fans. I saw one nice Kings fan in here saying good game. Uh, it's been washed away because there's so many comments going on. The YouTube chat going crazy right now. Make sure you hit that like button. But uh, Zach, uh, we'll throw it your way first. Game four, is it a must win? Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, like, you know, they say every game is a must win in the playoffs, but it is absolutely a must win now, right? I mean, we're 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 down two one. Um, not a great position to be in, but you know what? At the end of the day, um, you know, this is a very good Oilers team that has really outplayed the LA Kings all playoffs long. I mean, I think that's that's something that we need to be taking away from this game as well, too, uh, was the fact that it was, to be frank, another dominant performance at five-on-five five by the Oilers. If you take a look at the underlying numbers right now in the playoffs, the Oilers have controlled 59% of the shot attempt share through three games. Uh, they've controlled 60% of the expected goal share through three games, 60% of the scoring chances. They're dominating every facet of this game at five-on-five. Five. You know, I thought tonight that they struggled 
struggled in the first period. I think they looked a little bit slow, uh, you know, a little lethargic. But they are playing some really good hockey as a whole right now. And I think that's something that needs to be really, really encouraging for this team um, as they kind of, you know, progress through the rest of these playoffs in this series, right? Uh, you know, at five on five, the Oilers have 8.82 expected goals for and have actually only scored four goals. So that really means that the Oilers are due. Um, they are due. They are only shooting 4% at five on five right now. These are numbers that are unsustainably low. So, you know, I'm looking for, you know, a big rebound from this team in game four. Um, and I think this is something that they can absolutely bounce back from. Uh, Jamie Fitzpatrick on YouTube, not a fan of me saying I'm soft. It's playoffs. Zach should be running the show. Zach, I'll sit this one out if you want to take over. I just put it this way. You're driving down the street. The speed limit's 60. You're beside a cop. Are you going to go 61? He, he shouldn't give you a ticket, but are you going to tempt fate like that? Yeah. It's just it's something you don't have to do for dry saddle. I agree. It's a soft call. It is very soft. Shouldn't be called. The DRNA call shouldn't be called, but they were, and they hurt you and avoidable things because, you know, it, it, you get them, take a number down, get, get Doughty in the corner of the next shift, you know, get him a you know, dry saddle's a master at that stuff during the play. You don't have to do it after the whistle. All right, let's bring in uh, Cam here, get his thoughts. I believe Cam is with us. Good evening. How are you doing, sir? I'm not doing my best guys. That was a frustrating one. Not, not, not feeling too thrilled right now. That was a, that was a difficult game to swallow. That's for sure. 100%. Uh, we'll ask you the question for the Oily. Uh, Liam, the producer, threw it up there on the, the YouTube chat. Is game four a must win for the Oilers? 86% of the votes so far saying yes. So where you come out on that one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, the series is definitely not over just yet. The Oilers have a prime opportunity to come out and play a really strong game again in game four. Nah, this is nothing new for them. Remember last year, their backs were up against the wall uh, and they had to come and win game six and they had to come and win game seven. And that's what they did. It's going to be a difficult thing to go into LA again. You, we all saw their fans were rowdy and excited, and they respond when the kids do or the Kings do hood rat shit during the game to piss the Oilers off. The fans love it, and they get into it. So it's going to be an emotionally charged game again. I think um, I was sitting backstage listening to what you guys are talking about, Connor. I do agree. The Oilers have to look at what the refing has been this series, and they can't take any chances. The dry sidle slash thing completely avoidable. The Clint Costin penalty, of course, LA doesn't score there, but again, completely avoidable. Uh, the Nugent Hopkins back check, probably avoidable again in overtime as well. Uh, it's The Oilers did a really good job in game two in Edmonton. In the third period, they almost looked pensive, afraid to finish their checks, but that's what this series is right now. The refs are really, as we know, not in their favor, so they have to lean into that if they want to win game four, and they have to win game four. Yeah, 100%. Uh, my apologies. I said Liam, the producer. Obviously, it's Gavin, the producer. Uh, give Gavin some love on the chat here because he made the leap from intern to producer. Congratulations, Gavin. That's awesome news. We knew it was going to happen. Um, I, I want to ask you guys about a couple players that you know were so good for this team during the regular season and thus far haven't seen a whole lot out of uh, Zach. Am I fair to be critical of Zach Hyman and Ryan Newton-Hopkins for what you've seen from them so far? Yeah, absolutely. I tweeted about it, uh, you know, heading into the overtime period that, you know, I wanted to see a non 29 or 97 top six player kind of insert themselves into this series. And it feels like, you know, all of those guys, um, Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Kyler Yamamoto, they feel like they've been very much on the fringes of this series thus far. Uh, they've chipped in a little bit of offense here or there, you know, an assist, you know, a couple of shots on goal. 
uh, per game or per guy per night. Um, but you aren't seeing, you know, anything that it feels like they did in the regular season here. Um, you know, we talked about this heading into the playoffs about how important the depth was going to be for this team and how important, you know, these guys that aren't McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to be, you know, Dreisaitl, you know, up until the second period of this game here has basically willed the Oilers uh, to the point that they are in this series. And it was great to see McDavid get involved on the power play with those two big goals. But, you know, game four, I think the message has to be, you know, who's going to step up, right? Um, Because somebody beyond these two big guys has to find a way to create some offense and, and get a couple of goals. Cam, uh, I guess same question. Who thoughts on those two players? And I mean, I guess who who do you think is more likely to step up and make a play for this team? Obviously, you know Hyman's getting the chance with McDavid. You've got Nuge, who's with the line changes now with Leon Draisaitl. Uh, are you more optimistic that one of these guys can make an impact in Game Four? I don't know. It's 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 tough to say. I think the the second line there, the Draisaitl, Nugent, Hopkins, Yamamoto line, it's like the throwback to 2019-20 line. They've really been flying around, but the Kings have really, and Zach mentioned this earlier, the Kings have really done an excellent job of dealing with Edmonton's first line. They give Connor McDavid virtually no space to, you know, get speed at all. They completely neutralized that line. And this was the trio that was so dominant for the Oilers during the regular season. So, you know, those are those are three really good players that are, are going to have to find their way through for the Oilers at some point. And as we saw in game two, it was bottom six contributions as well. You get the Derek Ryan opening goal. And then you get the Quinn cost and go ahead goal later in the game. Um, Maybe that's what it's going to take. Like uh, you can't always expect Connor McDavid to just will his way through opponents. The Kings know him very well. They're coached by Todd McClellan who used to coach here knows Connor McDavid as well as anybody. And Phil Deneau, one of the best defensive centers in the league, Dowdy, Mikey Anderson, like we got to give the Kings some credit. They've done a really good job at shutting them down, but since all those guys are focused on the top line, there are going to be chances for the second, third, and fourth lines to contribute offensively, and that's what the Oilers need badly in Game 4. I I don't know if you guys got a chance to hear any comments after, but there obviously was that lengthy review. Uh, The league determined that, you know, I think the puck was touched by a high stick, but on the way down, it hit Ekholm, so gets rid of the the high sticking there. So I I think uh, that was kind of the final decision with that one. They allow the goal to count. Uh, But Gregor had the stat, the Oilers 2-10 and in overtime since 2017. Uh, Obviously, one of the wins was the kicker, the serious clincher against the Calgary Flames last year, McDavid. Uh, Zach, I I was telling our producer, Gavin, before we got going, I had a bad feeling as soon as regulation ran out. I don't know what it is about this team, but the confidence just isn't there in overtime. Like, I don't know. You hope you have one of those guys who can just score a timely goal. You know, Trevor Moore gets the job done tonight for the LA Kings. But uh, something about overtime with this Oilers team, uh, I don't like it. And going back to regulation this year, or with a regular season as well. Yeah, you're right. I mean, even in the three-on-three overtime, you saw the Oilers struggle uh, during the regular season this year, and which is strange to think of because you know you've got the two best players in the entire world, and Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaitel. Um, but again, you know, we talk about these these non-star players, like these non-like ninety-seven, twenty-nine players for the Oilers, and they just haven't been involved in this series. And and you made the great point, Connor. You know. Uh, I, Alex, I follow, he's got a couple of big goals, Adrian Kemp, yeah. he's got a couple of goals. You know, that's a huge goal for Trevor Moore and over.
overtime right there as well. You know, finding a way to bang in a loose puck on the side of the net, right? Um, it's frustrating to sit here and see because, you know, these guys like, you know, that have played in the top six were such a big part of the puzzle this year. And when there were nights where, you know, Connor and Leon maybe weren't firing on all cylinders. You know, you could rely on a guy like Zach Hyman to find a way to bury one or two or Nugent Hopkins, you know, found this great shot this season and was scoring a ton of goals. And it just seems to kind of dried up here. Um, just one quick, interesting thing I'm seeing uh, from the scouting, the refs, Twitter account. Uh, they say that the Velarde in overtime there, they mm-hmm. say that it did hit Velarde's stick and hit hitting Eckholm's back on the way down is not sufficient enough evidence to wave off a high stick. And apparently the situation made the situation room made the final ruling. Uh, but that was scouting the ref's opinion on that one, which is uh, just another weird call from <laughs> the officiating department tonight. Yeah, so like we hopped on here pretty quick afterwards. So I was kind of just scrolling through Twitter there and, you know, trying to find some sort of justification. A lot of people on the Facebook and YouTube saying uh, just inconclusive. So that's the reason. That's uh, super frustrating to accept for the Edmonton Oilers for sure. There was a point there. I think a lot of us thought, you know, this game's going to keep on going. Obviously not the case in this one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Cam, when you first saw that, did you think it was coming back or were you, uh, were you kind of leaning to the side that this one's over? No, I was definitely leaning to the side. This one's over it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it would have been nice if, if if that had worked out in our favor. It's always, you always hope that it does. But I mean, if you look at it objectively, imagine if that was reversed and, you know, we're watching that after Derek Ryan or Clint Cawson scores an overtime goal. And we're like, what? This has nothing yeah. to do with the play. It doesn't matter. That's not... To me, that's not really what the spirit of the review is. I think earlier in the game, we saw a really well-executed review when it there was the, the the Darnell Nurse and the Victor Arvidsson collision. And at the first glance on TV, it kind of looked like, oh, geez, maybe um, Darnell Nurse did did a dirty play there the way that Arvidsson flew through the air. But then they reviewed it and they made the right call and it was that was great. And then and then in situations like this, like that that that's not what the review is for, just random stuff like that that has nothing to do with the play. The Kings earned that goal. The I, I completely agree with you guys. It wasn't a great feeling heading into the overtime. It honestly felt like the Oilers were the better team pushing in the right direction as the third period was winding down. But then as soon as the overtime period started, it looked like their energy had been completely zapped. And it, it just felt that way from the moment the puck was dropped. It was um, Eckholm and Bouchard were bobbling the puck in their own zone. The Oilers couldn't get anything really going the other way. Then there's the penalty, of course. It it just didn't have a great energy. And it's, it's, it's weird to see because as Zach said, you got the two best players in the world in, in, in overtime. And you'd think that would give you the edge, but for some reason, the Kings seem to be able to fire themselves up more than the Oilers do. And this is in both games, game one and game three, the Kings got this thing done quickly in overtime too. They didn't let it drag on. hundred uh, percent. Obviously the power plays helped them out in both those games, a tough way for the Oilers, both these games, obviously in overtime, uh, power play goals, credit to the Kings for, you know, capitalizing on their opportunities, but for the Oilers, extremely frustrating. Uh, one thing we should mention, uh, you know, if, if you are looking for a place to watch the game on Sunday and you want to go watch the Oilers nation official watch party, you can head down to Greta. There'll be the watch party for every away game during the playoffs. You can reserve your table at gretabar.com slash book or text five, eight, seven, four, one, eight eight five zero seven they'll be giving away prizes the pop-up shops you can grab your oilers nation gear 
kind of like this shirt up here if you want to get that shirt and you can't make it out to the party go to nationgear.ca you can check them out on social media at nation gear but uh our producer aaron is the hosting down there he's always a good time so yeah if you want to get out and watch a game in the city we highly recommend you head down to greta have a good time with the oilers nation crew check them out on social media it was a good time uh we got some kings fans in here a little little bit of a chirping going back and forth in the chat 254 of you in there uh make sure you hit that like button if you're having some fun at the expense of the oilers loss at least give us a like uh i'll make it a little bit easier here uh rude street collectibles nurse was horrible ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Zach, on the first goal, I saw Darnell Nurse get a lot of hate at the intermission, though. Bieksa and Kelly Rudy kind of brought up that uh, Zach Hyman being F1, that probably was his obligation. Uh, Darnell Nurse maybe watching the puck a little bit following Byfield out of the zone. Uh, what did you think of uh, Darnell Nurse's performance in this one, Zach? Um, I mean, I, I didn't think it was a tremendous game or anything like that, but I don't I wouldn't pin the game on him, you know, in any sense of the term. I think that first goal was kind of a weird one because that puck really squirted out from the corner a long ways uh, and kind of found its way to the point there. And then that shot came in. It was kind of a weird bouncer. So, you know, I'm not ready to entirely pin that one on Darnell Nurse. Um, you know, I think he's a guy, too, that, you know, his game needs to step up here. Um, you know, this is the Stewart die time in the playoffs here. Um, and I think there's just a lot of players that are kind of on the, the periphery of this series right now. Uh, Cam, any, anyone stand out to you in this game, uh, kind of flying under the radar, had a solid game from the Oilers perspective. Well, that's an interesting question. I don't know. It, it's, it's really hard to notice individual contributions when you're playing a game against a team like the Kings. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like everything that happens comes off of a bounce. It almost, it's, you know, you're, you're capitalizing on something weird happening. That goal we just talked about there with people saying Darnell Nurse did the wrong thing. It's a puck that comes out of the corner, bounced a little bit awkwardly. I think even their overtime winning goal was sort of kind of like that too. And then from Edmonton's perspective, both their goals come on the power play. So getting things done against the Kings at even strength is incredibly hard. Uh, I, I, I did like some of the play of um, some of the bottom six players. I think Nick, Nick Bugstad looked quite good. Derek Ryan scoots around, plays well. 
Flynn Costin gets physical in the offensive zone. Uh, I Like I said in my last point, I really do think it's critical for the Oilers to get a clutch goal from one of these lower in the lineup players. I, I think you guys remember last year in game seven, they got a goal randomly from Cody Cece. Like that's, that's, that's what it's going to take. I think to beat the Kings, the, you have to kind of play the Kings game. What they do is they plug things up. They do their one, three, one, they make it impossible for anybody to get speed, you know, have any time with their possession with the puck. And then you're waiting to just capitalize when it's weird, awkward bounces. So that's what the others have to be ready to do and get, have to be ready to do in game four. Um, Zach, I mean, obviously, Oilers fans frustrated. Do we have to look at the Kings and the game plan that they've had here with head coach Todd McClellan? You talked about it, you know, the familiarity that he has with this Oilers team. Um, I mean, I I think we do have to give the Kings some credit because they are executing their game plan almost to a T, just keeping it close and finding a way just to edge out the Oilers in, in, you know, getting the advantages that they have so far in overtime. Yeah, full stop. Um, you know, I think the Kings have been playing a really strong series here so far. Um, you know, they're doing a strong job in shutting down McDavid. Um, you know, they're doing a good job of trying to corral Leon Dreisaitl, which hasn't been the easiest thing. You know, I think one thing that's kind of interesting to note, too, is that, you know, Jay Woodcroft was just comfortable and happy to take the matchups that, you know, L.A. was trying to give to them. Uh, you know, especially on home ice too. That was something that I noticed, right? You know, you would think that you would try and get a guy like Connor McDavid away from a guy like Philip Deneau, right? Who is so strong defensively. Um, you know, is that a mistake? I mean, it's hard to say, you know, right now, you know, it's easy for the LA Kings to get the matchups they want having home ice. So, you know, as the series progresses, I think that's absolutely something to watch, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I still think the Oilers are playing some really good hockey here. Um, you know, I said it earlier in the show, they're doing a very good job of controlling the pace of play. You know, they just got to figure out a way to beat Jonas Corposalo, uh, which, you know, as strange as it sounds, he, he's playing some really good hockey, but you know, even when Corpus Allo was with the Columbus Blue Jackets, it always felt like he was a bit of a thorn in the side of the Edmonton Oilers, um, you know, putting up some good performances with that team, even though they were terrible. So, you know, Oilers just have to find a way to get it done here in game four, because uh, you know, it is getting to be make or break time. Uh, on Facebook, Kurt says no credit, Hallie. Okay, fine. No credit to the LA Kings. Uh, Cam Corpusalo. Uh, we had Kevin Woodley on the show with Jason Greger on Monday, and I believe one of the points he said with Corpusalo beating him along the ice is tough. You got to get the puck high, and I, I have noticed there's been a lot of low shots. Maybe not intentional, but you know, got to get the puck high to beat him. Uh, anything else you think the Oilers can do to try to rattle his cage a little bit? Because, like I said earlier on, I mean, 40 shots faced, 38 saves, a 9.50 save percentage, and he he's been really good for the Kings what a what a pickup that was for them yeah seriously I mean if you go back and look at last year's series um the others didn't play a fantastic series it, it, it took them a little while last spring for them to kind of find their wheels and sort out LA and one of the reasons um you go back to the Oilers the the series swing back to Los Angeles and they had those huge wins um a big reason for that was Jonathan Quick had a really difficult time in that series last year so as good as the Kings were defensively last year they gave a lot of it back with Jonathan Quick being kind of mid and net. But this year, Jonas Corpusalo has been absolutely fantastic. You have a combination of a hot goalie and a team that locks things down defensively, gives their opponents, you know, no space to work, really tightens things up in the offensive zone so they don't get those quality chances. Like, you know, you see in the regular season, the others are so good at just ripping the puck around the offensive zone. Leon Dressel does that backhand pass and then Nugent Hopkins or somebody has, you know, two seconds to pick a shot or, 
someone's feeding dry saddle for as one timer. It's really hard to execute that against the Kings. And then even when you do, if you do, Jonas Corpusell has been standing on his head. So the others kind of have to just hope that, I mean, he's seen a ton of rubber in this series and you have to kind of hope that as time goes along, he just, you know, the there's, there's a straw that breaks the camel's back and shots just start going through. But it's a, it's a different series than last year because Jonathan Quick was the weak point last year and Corpus Allo has now become a strong point. The, 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 the Kings are better now than they were this time last year. Uh, Frank on Facebook says, if you rewatch this game, all board battles, Oiler lo- Oilers lost them all week along the boards. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that a lot in this game. The Kings were finding ways to win those battles. Uh, Christopher on Facebook says, need to stay more disciplined and then maybe catch a break here or two from the Zebras. I mean, I wouldn't count on it. The, the way this series has gone, I, I wouldn't count on that. But more disciplined, 100%. I'm with you there. Uh, one thing should mention here, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're hungry. Maybe you want to head out, get a bite to eat. Why not go to Boston Pizza? You know, they've got the Fanalytics menu. Uh, it's pretty awesome. They've got a, a pizza flight, I think it's called, and it's pretty amazing. Three different pizzas. Pretty, pretty cool. And I'm supposed to draw some analytics here. Uh, Oilers lost three to two. That's my number. Um, Zach, you got any fanalytics for the people that they might want to hear about tonight? Anything popping uh, off the dome here? Yeah, I mean, the underlying numbers, like I said earlier, were great. Um, You know, tonight, the Oilers did a really good job, uh, mainly in the second and third period of controlling the pace of play, you know, controlling 63% of the shot attempts, uh, as well as 53% of the expected goal share played at five on five. The second period was really the strongest for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, They had 1.43 expected goals at five on five alone. So they really should have found a way to beat, uh, you know, Corpus Allo. And it was interesting, you guys were talking a little bit about uh, going upstairs on Corpus Take a look at both of McDavid's goals that he scored tonight. What did he do? He went top shelf, far side and short side. You know, I also think back to the third period where, you know, there was two instances where Leon Dreisaitl had set up both Cody CC and Kyler Yamamoto on back-to-back plays in the offensive zone. And neither of those guys were able to bury that one as well. Um, you know, so I thought that was really interesting right there as well um, because it felt like that was a great time, uh, you know, for somebody to kind of step up their game a little bit here and find a way to get a goal, right? Because, you know, Cody CC is a guy who, you know, he, he doesn't really put up a lot of offense but you know you'd love to see him at least hit the net and same thing with Kyler Yamamoto I mean I hate to be this guy but like you know we think back to a guy like Yesip Gugliarvi when he was in Edmonton right how many times did we hear people be like hey you know he's gonna need to start converting on those chances at some point if he wants to stay in the top six how long did we hear about that narrative like, can you guys remember the last time Kyler Yamamoto scored a goal even? Like, I, I I really am struggling to, and I don't mean to, you know, be so hard individually on one guy here, but at the end of the day, you know, you're playing in the top six with the best, you know, two of the best players in the world, right? So, you know, at some point you have to find a way to be able to convert on these chances um, because I just, frustrating. It's, it's really frustrating to sit and watch. Yeah, Kyler Yamamoto's last goal was March... 20th against San Jose. He had two goals in two games and he hasn't scored since then. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I, I like Kyler Yamamoto's game and I think Leon Drysaddle does too. That's why he's there. But you get those opportunities. You need him to bury them. And uh, 100%, he's just not doing that. Uh, there you go. There's little stats. Fanalytics powered by Boston Pizza. And uh, yeah, if you're going to go there tonight, they're always open to like 1.32 a.m. and go grab a beer. Uh, 
you know, maybe a Boston brute, check out their new analytics menu, uh, your neighborhood, Boston pizza, Zach, you just shared this with us. Uh, Leon Drysaddle speaking to the media after the game. Don't think we have the audio, but just pretend I'm him. You don't call a clear knee on knee right in front of you. And then you call a slashing penalty. You uh, just don't really know what the standard is right now. Uh, that was Leon Drysaddle and asked what his frustrations with the rest following the Oilers loss to the Kings. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, People will say quit complaining with the refs, but he's right. The standard is just kind of it's it's not a straight line. We don't really know what's going to get called, what's not going to get called, and uh, the Oilers assistant captain uh, letting his frustrations be heard. Zach, yeah, and and good for him. Take the fine, boys. Let's go. Like <laughs> these guys are paid enough money. You know what I'm saying? Like we've seen Ron Br- Rod Brindamore, you know, take a couple in his day out there in Carolina. Um, you know, there's no reason that these guys, uh, you know, McDavid, Drysital. Jay, I mean, you know, they can, they can afford him. We'll put it to you that way. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he makes a great point, right? I mean, like that Alex Edler neon, neon Warren Fogle, that's not a five minute major for kneeing. I don't know what is like, it's as deliberate as it comes. Right. Um, you know, I think there was multiple instances tonight too, where, you know, you would have liked to see, um, you know, some of these penalties called and stuff like that. Uh, Cam, uh, what do you think about Leon Drysaddle voicing the opinion a little bit pissed off with the stripes tonight? And, you know, kind of probably speaking for the whole team. Yeah, same thing. I mean, uh, I think we all kind of brought it up. Like his slashing penalty was a, a frustrating one to take. It's one, Connor, you, you mentioned you can avoid it just like you avoid, you know, speeding by a cop on the highway. But also, like, put yourself in the player's shoes too, right? You've seen Connor McDavid get his ass kicked for you know the first two and a half games of the series and as soon as the and then you know it's as bad as it is in Edmonton and then you go back to LA and it becomes even worse and I mean he's getting grabbed and smacked Drew Doughty even said before the series yet he, he, he didn't even hold back he explicitly said uh, if we're gonna have it if we have an opportunity to smack him we'll take it or whatever it was he said specifically he put it out there um yeah. like it's it's known and there's a history here there was during the regular season, the first two times the teams met, Alex Edler uh, did a dangerous, almost knee-on-knee hit on McDavid. That could have been terrible. And I mean, it's easy to see why the frustration boils over. We can sit here from our living rooms and say, oh, Leon Dreisaitl knows better than that. He's a veteran. He's blah, blah, blah. But I mean, how much would it piss you off seeing your your teammate, your good friend, your captain uh, get, his, get, his, like, get hit like that over and over and over again? And the refs just don't do anything. I mean, we're beating a dead horse here, but... What more can you say? It's it's mind numbing what 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 opponents get away with on him. I absolutely love like Leon Drysaddle skating past Audi. I love that. I mean, you know, talking mm-hmm. to their bench, things like that. I mean, we've seen it in the past. I love that about him. Uh, just the the little tap on the shin probably could have avoided that one. Um, what should we mention here? Uh, we should give a shout out. I don't know if they're watching, but uh, Jay. Tyler bagged milk all down in LA for the game tonight. Looks like they're having a good time. Looks like they're staying on a golf course. I don't know if you guys saw their stories on Instagram, but it looks like they're having a good time. You know, their trip is powered by AMA travel with that. Just a quick AMA out of town scoreboard, Uh, Boston over Florida four two. They take a two, one series lead Carolina falling to the New York Islanders. Five to one. Carolina still leads. Uh, yes, Pugliarvi did get into that game for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, speaking of JP and uh, Minnesota over Dallas, five to one. Minnesota now leads that series by a score or by yeah, two games to one. Um, Evan Bouchard, four points now in the playoffs. I think he's tied for defenseman among scoring here. Obviously, when your job is just to get it to McDavid on a power play, uh, it makes it easy to pick up those easy apples. But good for him. I'd like to see that one. Um, 
why don't we bring in uh, the new producer, Gavin? No longer the intern. Uh, I don't know if there's a ceremony or anything for Gavin <laughs> taking that next step. Uh, Gavin, overall, how was your time as an intern? It was good. It was good. Yeah, I was there since um, about like the end of December. So yeah, like it was a good, awesome four months. And I'm excited to continue my journey with the nation for sure. You'll was forever there? be Gavin the intern. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. No good. Learns, I was hoping. No one ever loses those tags, man. Chris the intern hasn't worked here in like four years and he's still Chris the intern. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gavin told me specifically, I'm no longer the intern. I'm now the producer. So I mean, I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll slip yeah. out. I already That's called officially you. today. I already called you Liam, which is a, you know, behavior of what we would, how you I would treat. Like, I, I could have been, I, I could have been called a law worse. So <laughs> Liam's okay. Liam's okay. okay. Very quickly. What was the biggest lesson you learned as an intern? Uh, biggest lesson I learned is um, like, ah, and that's a tough one, but just, and just do whatever, right. Just kind of, because when I came to the nation kind of thing, I, I wasn't a producer before. I didn't really know the streaming. I didn't know the software kind of thing. So I stayed after hours and sat down with producer Aaron and he trained me up on it. And now I get to do this with you guys every night. So absolutely love it. I say uh, when the boss leaves his wallet in a cab in Vegas, you chase it. That would be yeah, a great and that, lesson. And that, was a, and that was a good one too. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to a couple predictions here before we wrap this one up for Betway. Uh, you know, I got to say beforehand, I was thinking this one was hitting the over. I was wrong. Uh, I don't like to bet the over, but I thought we'd get there. Three, two, final. Not quite. Uh, let's start with Cam. We'll go bet Cam. We'll go clockwise. We'll go to Cam and Zach and uh, Gavin. Prediction for next game and a Betway pick as well. I think game four will go similar to the way game two went. What I think will happen is LA will open the scoring quickly in the first, get things exciting, and the Oilers will answer back with three goals plus an empty netter, and they will win the game four to one. Uh, and then my bet would be, I think, oh, geez, Con- log Connor McDavid in for a three-point game. Oh, I like it. Zach, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I think the Oilers come back and, and win game four here in L.A. You know, they've shown the ability to win these important games on the road before. Just look at the playoffs last year when the Oilers had to come into L.A., uh, you know, win a couple of big games, right? So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think they come back, bounce back with a win. McDavid over one and a half points. Uh, he gets back on that train with a big performance, and uh, we get an Oilers victory. Gavin, uh, we you're, you know parlays have been well documented here on Oilers Nation after dark uh, what are you feeling yeah I think I think we force a split and I think we lock it down so I'm gonna go a 2-1 Oilers win so that kind of translates to the under but then for my player prop I'm gonna think I think Hyman pots one right in front of the net so Hyman anytime goal score okay I'll take a 3-1 Oilers victory and then I'm gonna kind of piggyback off that one I'm gonna say Hyman and Nuge both score goals um big game they need them to step up this yeah. is a moment for them to do so uh kind of backs up against the wall need goals from those guys so i think they get them uh you know you know take it a step further both power play goals i will say uh one last thing to mention before we get going uh close now but i i think tomorrow you know if you're looking for a bite to eat for lunch make sure you head down to oodle noodle all oodle noodle locations across the city giving away oilers nation stickers so uh go grab some noodles get a, a nice little bite to eat and pick up an oilers nation sticker throw it on your car and uh Join uh, join the nation. Let everyone know you're a citizen. Also, hey, if you enjoyed this tonight, make sure you tell a friend. If you're on Facebook, give us a like on YouTube. Same thing. Twitter, you want to throw a share or a retweet, that would be appreciated. Make sure you follow Oilers Nation across all their social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
TikTok. Uh, you can read the articles on OilersNation.com. Great stuff coming up there. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend you check out the Oilers Nation stories on Instagram because they were down at Greta for the watch party. It looked like a great time. Everyone's having a blast. Uh, I think, you know, if you wanted to get there for last call and you're in the area, you probably could run down. Gavin, maybe something you might want to do. Yeah, right down the street. So Are you guys good. all downtown actually? You guys hypothetically could all go if you're, you know, I'm on the south side. I don't know if I can make it right now. <laughs> and I'm old, but yeah. You guys should definitely go down there, have a beer. Maybe Aaron will buy. I'm sure he's quite uh, uh, lubricated up tonight, having a good time. Uh, that'll do it for us here on Oilers Nation After Dark. Uh, on behalf of Cam, Zach, Gavin, the producer, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday. Hopefully, the Oilers make it a 2-2 series, and we're uh, enjoying that one. I'm Connor Halley. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We'll talk to you next time.